the moment you've all been waiting for. Adam Liverpool, England! It was super necessary. Hello and welcome back to Super Necessary. It's a brand new year, 2022, and what a way to start it for us. Episode number 50. Yeah, who would have thought back in fucking what was it, September, two years ago, that we'd be at this stage now? Fucking two knobheads getting this far. That's I know. It's been <laughs> been going well. We've actually didn't even think we'd make it to ten episodes, but there you go. We're at episode 50 now, so. Let's keep oh, yeah. going. It's been it's been a it's been a mad ride, um, as as you said. I don't think either of us really knew what to expect with it. In all yeah. honesty, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I feel like we've gone sort of from strength to strength. Yeah. Over the past, especially last year, obviously the first few months before twenty twenty one, it was a bit. You could tell we were still sort of amateurish. Don't mean we still have, I suppose. <laughs> but we're like. Well, like experienced amateurs now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've got a little bit of experience under our belt, so we know a, yeah. a few things now. You know, but we're, we're not all the way there. We're not rogan level yet. We will get there. <laughs> well, no, I don't get wrong. I expect the call to come from Joe one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe one just day. not anytime soon. <laughs> we just have to change the name of it, and that, you know. But yeah, we'll get that one day. <laughs> nah, well, because once we get the call from Joe. We'll get the call from Jorge and we'll line out all the details with him <laughs> and it'll be sad. Yeah. No, it will. It's all gonna no. it's all gonna work out, honestly. Um <laughs> but yeah, first episode of the new year, and as I say, it's a big one, episode 50. Um monumental. So yeah, so what we've decided to do for this is um obviously we've we've got shit ton of listeners' questions, like thank you so much, everyone. Because <laughs> yeah, we've got loads for once. Yeah. Um so we're looking forward to going through them. Um, but what we're going to do first, as it's episode 50, we decided to jump back in time. We've done this, I think, for episode 10. And yeah. we're going to do it for every 10th episode and just never. Just so we jump back out, yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah, episode 50, looking at UFC 50. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, for me, it was just a nice bit of nostalgia seeing the old intros and all stuff like that. Yeah, I always um, loved that, a little gladiator intro now. Yeah, it's... Yeah, proper nostalgia. Couldn't tell it was Mike Goldberg at first. I was thinking, I heard the voice and I was like, oh, I thought it'd be Mike Goldberg. Like, when he's doing this? And then the camera went on and was like, I'm Mike Goldberg. I was like, You're not Mike Goldberg. What happened to your voice? You could, you could tell it was him as well. Like, when someone's fighting, he's like, Oh, he's got the back one. No, not yet, Mike. You know, in a minute, he might have the back. But, you know, yeah. and ahead of himself as always. Yeah. Yeah. That's the type of excitement I like, though. I, know, I, yeah. don't, I don't mind you getting so excited that you're going beyond where the fight actually is. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was it was fun to watch. And it was, my thing, I was looking at the numbers that it's almost 9,000 people there in attendance, I think. Um, seen like more. It's seen like more, sound like more. And, by uh, 40,000. <laughs> but yeah, 
Mad, you know, we're doing, we're doing millions these days, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. crazy. And it's um, mad as well, like, the fans now are, are reeling because they've had to go a few weeks without UFC. And you look at like the next event after this and it's months after. So it's like, it's UFC 51 was February 2005. And, and so this like one, I think, months. was August, I think, or so, no, October. October. What 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 for? Like, yeah. It's like a few months, so you imagine what fans would have been like. To be fair, though, to be fair, 49 was only August, so they only had a month in between there. Like, uh, okay. but now we're spoiled. We, we, you know, throughout the majority of the year, we get a card every single weekend, whether it's a fight night, yeah, you know, or a main event. You've got Dana White's contender series, you've got Ultimate Fighter, and then if you've got none of that, you go on Fight Pass and you've got LFA, exactly. You've got Cage Warriors, Cage Warriors, Cage Fury, like. There's like even you've loads. got these grapple fests, like we're spoiled, exactly. absolutely spoiled. And even if the, and then even then you don't go on Fight Pass. You look on YouTube and there's one putting all their events for free on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, if one haven't got an event, Bellator will be there. It's like what the fuck? There's just fights everywhere you turn. That's what that's what you love. You know what I mean? You love to be able to oh have yeah, absolutely a ton of MMA. But as I say, like. <laughs> didn't used to be like that you know what I mean having to wait months for your next fight you know then yeah. you didn't have fight but nights then, and that so I don't know maybe the fans were more appreciative of it back then then mm. I mean yeah, maybe. at the end of the main event we did get booze which annoyed me a bit because I thought it was yeah. a good fight um, but we'll, we'll obviously we'll get to that um, that's that one was thing only... that hasn't left <laughs> the booing <No. laughs> we've we've always said that we, we don't like booing regardless yeah. Um, unless someone's being a, a bastard and or a twat, and they deserve to be booed, then it's different. Um, but booing just because the fight doesn't go how you want it to go, just because it's not a stand-up fight or something like that, not about that. Not about that life. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. So let's let's jump into the card. I want to I want to say first of all, Frank Mir was a, a rather odd but refreshing change to the card uh, commentary. He's cool, isn't he? and 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 country does a, a good job. I know he's done the bit for WEC as well, and yeah. don't know don't know if he still does it, but he knows his shit. You know I mean? He does. But what was interesting about him, which you don't get anymore with with commentators, even the fight ones who were fighters, he seemed less impartial than some other commentators. Like he was the way he was talking about Tito and Patrick Cote for the main event. Yeah. He's going. I just don't. I just don't think Patrick's got anything that's going to from yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You, you just wouldn't get a commentator saying that nowadays, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm onto that when, like, he took him down. He's like, is he going to get back off? Is it? No, probably not. He's just, <laughs> this is this is T-Town. No, He's I mean. just shutting it down completely. Yeah, yeah it was mine. Uh, <laughs> the other thing I want to, the other thing I just want to mention, the interviewer girl, whatever her name was. Um, or something like that, or... Kerry, if you got me the G. Anyway, like she was fucking shite. She she she, she, she seemed very nervous. She's laughing a lot. It's like no, but it's just like okay. Uh, I think what was what was the first one they showed? I think it was Robbie and Evan. It's yeah. like okay, Evan, good job. This is MMA. Tell us your thoughts. Like what the fuck? What the fuck's this shit? It was I, terrible. I guess that's why you, the, to, people got used to Joe getting in there and, uh, and doing I had to fast forward there every time. Honestly, I listened to the ones you done with Evan Tanner. And then that was it. It was like couldn't do anymore. Absolute <laughs> joke. Uh, anyway, um, let's let's have a little 
a little dissection of the card, shall we? Yeah. Um, let's do it. So on Fight Pass, I don't <laughs> know if anyone's actually gone back and watched this card on Fight Pass, but it does it. You can't get the prelims on there, but mm. it shows them as part of the overall broadcast anyway. Yeah. Um, so the first prelim was Travis Luther versus Marvin Eastman. Now with this, Luther was a late replacement for Patrick Cote, who replaced Guy Mezger in the main event. So <laughs> very weird way around to doing that. It was very strange. In one sense, it makes in one side of things it makes sense to take the fighter who's already in the card and say, "All right, we're just going to bump you up the card," but then yeah. you still got to find a replacement anyway. So why not just find a replacement for the guy that needed the replacement in the first place? Oh, what what what, what I've just recalled, I think Luther wasn't that his first fight in there. I think so, yeah. So it, it was either you taking Marvin East, Eastman or Cote, and I, I think Eastman left it, I think. I think that's why mm-hmm. Cote was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then Luther got his sort of debut. I know, but surely there's not, there's going to be, there's, there, there would have been people there willing to fight Tito Ortiz. This is Tito Ortiz at the height of his powers. Mm. This is Tito Ortiz in, you know, let's be honest, in light heavyweight. There was Tito, there was Randy, and there was Chuck at the time. Yeah, they, that, were, that's they, were, they were your three guys. Yeah. People would have been lining up to fight Tito. It wouldn't have been hard to get a replacement. I wouldn't have thought. And I think at that point, like, I don't know if Tito had just lost to Liddell or to, to Couture. No, Couture was a champion. You were talking about, yeah. So, I mean, you were talking about Chuck the, was next. So, I mean, <clears throat> I think they were probably trying to do something to avoid matching them up again too soon. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. No, they did talk about them a bit and people saying, ah, oh, Tito sucks and stuff like that. <laughs> and then, frankly, it was like, he's lost to the two best in the world. Only Chuck Liddell and, and Randy Guitar. Yeah, like, you go in, you go in there and tell Tito he sucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's what like looks like. That he was, he was, yeah. he was very honest. Um, and he he didn't mince his words or nothing like that. I'd say it was quite uh, quite refreshing. But yeah, so Travis Luther. Um, so on the actual broadcast, it only showed the start of the second round. Um, See, because I, I was able to watch the full fight because you had to search for it on Fight Pass. But the reason why they probably just showed the second round is because the first round was nothing but them standing in front of each other. I mean, sort of feeling each other out, not really from much. So that's probably the reason why they just showed the second round because that's where, obviously, it finished. Yeah, yeah, so, well, I didn't know if you searched it, it come up to be fair, but on on the broadcast, I'd say, did you show the start of the second? even the second round, he was a bit sort of standoffish. Marvin looked like he was a bit more aggressive, but then he got caught. But it didn't look like it didn't look like he caught on that flush. No, I, I, the thing was, I think Eastman. I think he was a wrestler. So in in the first round, he tried a bit of wrestling in the second as well. But in the corner, I think Luther's team said he's just trying to keep down, just knock him out. You know. Mm. <laughs> Just hit him, you know, and stop being yeah, gun yeah. shy sort of thing. Uh, yeah, he, he hit him and was like right hand, right straight, and he just went oh, down, didn't he? Like, completely <laughs> knocked him out. I was like, bloody hell. That's what I mean. It, it didn't look like it caught him flush enough to knock him out, really. No, um, like, it, it didn't look like then, he probably connected. It almost looked, looked like, like a touch, just a little touch. Like it more than eating, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> but hey, I mean, I suppose that's what happens when you're getting in there. 
even the slightest things, if you, especially if it's unexpected, can can put you out. So, and as well as that, the, the light heavyweights aren't they? So, you know, yeah, they're going to possess That's power. You know I mean, my so, money's look look huge. Like to be fair, so. <laughs> yeah, he looked massive. Um, um, yeah. So the second um, prelim, it's weird having a card and only two prelims. How much has changed? Now you, like nowadays, you get three early prelims. Yeah, three, <laughs> and then you get like four, four, and then five, yeah. and then like six on the meat. Yeah, how we put up with these 14 fight cards these days, I swear to god, <laughs> madness. Um, yeah, so, um, next was middleweight fight, uh, Ivan Salaveri and Tony Frickland. Um, yeah. uh, quite a lot of people on this card trained by uh, Pat Militich and all those, yeah, no, no, so that, yeah, quite a few of them, I think Lola was as well. Lord yeah, was on Frickland the cards. Was one of them. I think. Yeah, you know, I, was, I think. Was Tito one? I'm not sure. I don't think he was one. Tito was someone else. I think Hughes. Tito or Patrick? Matt Hughes, I Hughes, think. Hughes. Yeah, Hughes. Yeah, Hughes. Um, I had a point when Miltis was, was he doing his thing. You know I mean, he had a lot of a lot of good fighters in his team. Yeah. Um. So very very interesting finish with this one. I, I don't think I've ever seen it before. Neither have I, so... I, yeah, no, I'm thinking, I don't think I've seen it, a finish. No. Like that, so Wikipedia has it down as a, a body triangle submission. Um, and Frank Mir was sort of describing it as like a figure four um, on the, a, fi- a figure four body lock. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's done significant damage to his back. Um, what was interesting to note is that Mia said that that hold was illegal in collegiate wrestling. Yeah, it does do so much damage to the back. Um, it was just it was just odd to see. It was a verbal submission as well. It wasn't it? Wasn't a tap, was it? No, no. You, you could hear him like saying "me back," like me stop. Back, yeah. yeah, and <clears throat> like the the way I looked at it, almost as like if you didn't have the body lock, you would have your hooks in him when you have your hooks and you're able to stretch them out. But it sort of looks like when he's had the body lock in. He's tried to do that sort of stretch, so he's been like pulling his head and maybe pushing mm. his hips down. Maybe that's created the strain or whatever it was on his back. Maybe a disc has went to something, but um it looked painful. Don't get yeah. wrong. Um I didn't like I didn't like Salaveri after the fight, to be honest. Yeah, yeah I thought he's he was too I don't know if it was amped up, but he went it went yeah, typical. I just thought it was disrespectful. Of, yeah, yeah. Like he's 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 like Blowing kisses to the crowd, he's like dancing. It's yeah. like going, going. Yeah, fine, do all that. Check on your opponent first. Like, yeah, yeah. You're not, you're not in there to, to injure them, or, you know, you don't want to be breaking bones and stuff like that. I don't know if there was any lasting damage for him. What happened to Frickland in that fight? But it looked bad. It, he looked I mean, in he, an immense he, he amount did, of pain. He did get back up to his feet, uh, so. But he could put him on a stool, didn't he? Yeah, so I don't know. After it, so <clears throat> exactly. I can't imagine there was lasting damage, but yeah. just it, it takes it takes a few seconds to check on your opponent. Mm. Um, no, no one else noticed as well. A lot of back of the head hits. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah. A lot of the hits yeah. were hitting the back of the head and no referee was saying, hey, watch the back of the head. No, no one else that. So... Very odd with Tony Strickland, just looking at his, um, his record. Yeah. So before that, he mentioned it. He last fought at UFC 37.5, which was an actual thing. I thought he was yeah, taking a bit. Like <laughs> half. 
a card and a half. But like to say that as if he didn't fight in between, he had one, two, three, four, five, six, six fights in that time in different promotions. He was in WC, WEC, UCC, uh, Danger Zone, Battleground, ROTR, Apex. Like he fought six fights in six different promotions in that two years, yeah. then come back to the UFC, which did turn out to be his last fight in the UFC. Um, but then he fought on like TKO, Cage Age, Titan FC, um, Strike Force, Bellator. So he's been around. He's been around the houses. Like yeah. Um, I like frequent. That's a better name. Yeah. So it, I'd say it was a very interesting finish for Salaveri, but um, it was just yeah. I just didn't like his antics at the end. But um, yeah, remember the Tito's, um, remember the Tito's team punishment according to Wikipedia. In Freakland. Uh, no, Salaveri. Oh, okay. Um, didn't have the best of records. Fourteen and nine, he retired. Um, but it was, it's That's just, nice. yeah, you could tell it was still sort of transitioning between being what it is today and yeah. the old style because everybody had their own specific style of shorts on. So, like, Marvin Eastman was a kickboxer and he had kickboxing shorts on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ivan Salaveri was practically wearing pants. Yeah. They were long-ass brown shorts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, was... there was obviously still in that, in that transition period, even though it had been gone for, like, over 10 years at that point. Uh, one of us as well is the sponsors. Like it seemed like the UFC just had the sponsors, not like you'd see with like regional shows where you get sponsors yeah. in. And it could look like they had them. They didn't have sort of fighter sponsorships at that point. I don't think. I know fighters I were fanking sponsors. That's what I mean. Yeah. I don't think it was like they didn't have the banners. Is what you mean? Yeah, they, well, they didn't have the banners. They didn't have them all over the shorts. Like you know, you come to know like mm. Muscle Farm and Bad Boy and all that. But yeah. in there, does that like? A few on the cage canvas and then those on the shorts of the fights. It's so it's like, it's like a Don't regional show that. where some will get sponsors. Yeah. Mean, so. Don't forget though, MMA it at the time, UFC, it's still only been around for what, like like say about 10 years. Yeah. Um there still wouldn't have been people that many companies willing to get involved in the sport. Even I think I can't remember what winner said it after in the thingy. Like, thank the sponsors. I think it was yeah. Thank yeah. the sponsors. I want to thank them for for taking Invest an interest in the it. sport. Yeah. Um, and that's what it would have boiled down to. There would have been a lot of companies at that time still unwilling. Like you can imagine it. Like how would you even pitch that to somebody who doesn't really know what it is? It's like yeah. yeah. So um, I'm I'm a fighter. I'm a bit like a boxer, but I do other stuff as well. And we wear these little small, really small gloves and we're in a cage. Yeah. Do you want to sponsor me? <laughs> People are going, are you fucking mad? Yeah. It's not like, like it is today. No, that's, that's what I mean. Whereas today, uh, all you got to do is, I'm an MMA fighter. Can yeah. you sponsor me? <laughs> yeah. That's it. But it wasn't that simple back then. Even then, at that point, like you've seen, like, they announced on there the first season of Ultimate Fighter they announced yeah. on there about Fox getting back in touch with them to start thinking with them live. So like they, they were they were literally at the turning point at that point. Well this there, this must have mean? been I don't know when Dana took over the company, when Dana became president and stuff like that. But obviously he's him and, and sort of rougher and stuff like that with the people with the brains with with the ideas. There was the idea to make it the ultimate fighting championship at the people from different martial arts background fighting against each other. Yeah. Dana's 
Dane Edens Ruffa and whoever else was involved at the time. Fatista, I've seen Fatita, that. The yeah, the Fatitas. They've seen it and gone, we can blow this up and yeah. play through them. Obviously, they have done. Um, but they obviously had more ideas than what the original people who who founded it had. Yeah. Um, so it's it's obviously, I say, it's good to what we know it as today. Exactly. Um, the, the biggest combat sport <clears> in the world. Yeah, there's still more money in boxing, but let's be honest, MMA is going to overtake boxing in the next five years. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's mad as well. Like, just to go off that a bit, like, I think, what was it? Uh, Pete Carroll and Ariel Hawani have a little show on Spotify, and Ariel's saying it's mad the fact that in this day of age of MMA, they can make more money by going to boxing, even though MMA is what it is now, like bigger, you know what I mean? And yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I think that's where the thing does need to shift when it comes to the money and that. Like, <clears throat> he's just increased the pay-per-view rate again, hasn't he? The buy rate, mm. like 75. 75 uh, like, like, and we might not, we have to pay like 20 quid for one every... <clears throat> Few four months <laughs> for one every <laughs> Connor fight, yeah, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it's. I think what you've got to remember though is boxing's been around for hundreds of years, yeah. Boxing for most of the time was the sport, yeah. yeah. If you want, if you want to watch people fight, you were watching boxing, and that was it, and that, um, yeah, literally, that's it. I mean, it's I, I, it's, in the 90s, MMA is. When MMA come out, boxing was well, well established. You know what I mean? So they're still, yeah. they're still playing I mean, a catch-up game. Bo- boxing's not going to go away, uh, but I do think, I do think eventually it will get overtaken. But then you look at the spectacles that get put on it. It's a boxing's more of a showmanship sport. I yeah, think you look at you look at like the the dramatic entrances, the. The weigh-ins and stuff. Deontay Wilder comes in wearing fucking seventy-pound suits and stuff like that. You know, Tyson Fury sings after every fight. <laughs> uh, you, you don't get that in MMA. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I think in most most of the sports now, and like, it can't just stick to being a sport. You got to have that entertainment value to it. Now. Yeah, but then again, UFC seems more willing to travel the country with the bigger shows, whereas boxing, it's like if you want to make the big money, you got to fight in Vegas. Because you get them front row seats in Vegas, yeah. in the MGM or something like that for a boxing. If you go to a Canelo fight in your front row, you you're sitting next to fucking a, a mega star. You know yeah. what I mean? You're paying mega bucks, and that's the difference. You know the buy rates for boxing is still huge. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, you know, especially when you get certain fights like like you mentioned there, Fury and Wilder League. That was probably a, a huge one. You know what I mean? One of the people said it's one of the best fights that they've seen in boxing. So, you know, yeah, boxing yeah, is still look, doing its thing to an extent. So, if we can, if we compare it, so the biggest boxing fight of all time in terms of pay per view buys was Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao. That got four point six million pay per view buys. The yeah. biggest fight in UFC is Conor. What about one point eight million? Yeah, I think so. There's a difference. In fairness, the second highest one is Floyd and Connor. But that, that's going sense. to be large. It is, but that's going to be more Floyd than Connor. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong, probably only maybe 60, 40, 65, 35. Uh, it's going to be a small sort of 
in his favour, yeah. but it is going to be more. <clears throat> um, then after that, again, Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather's got the top four, like um, 2.2 million. Oh, this is working out in terms of how much it made. So Floyd and Canelo got 2.2 million buys, made 150 million on revenue. Yeah. But then Floyd versus Oscar De La Hoya got 2.48 million. So more than number three, but because it was in 2007, made $136 million. Right, so it okay. obviously earned less because it was yeah. cheaper. And then you got Mike Tyson's got a good few fights in the top 10. Um, every fight in the top 10, obviously, as you can probably imagine, is within my lifetime. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Floyd was the was the box office draw. Still, well, if he come back, so, he probably still yeah. would be. Yeah. Um, but that's why he's fighting YouTubers now. <laughs> As it, um, I think he said his next one's going to be at least Abu Dhabi helipad somewhere. He put a ring on top of a helipad and fight there. Uh, don't know how you get. Me. Don't know how you get fucking fans up there to watch it. Like be be quite dangerous. That that's a put it like a massive barrier up around the fucking building so fans don't fall off. <laughs> be like um, be like fucking Tekken or something, wouldn't it? You can yeah. win my ring out. Yeah, ring out. Um, yeah. Big splatter <laughs> around. We are, we are obviously we're getting a little bit off topic here in terms of comparing boxing and MMA, but as I say, that's the difference with boxing still. Yeah. Boxing has got the diehard fan base that's never going to go. Boxing will still pull in a four million. Oh yeah. With the yeah. That'll still get four million buys on pay per view. Say Conor McGregor, I think we're looking at. I think the most is around two million for Conor, uh, which is phenomenal for for MMA. Yeah, when you consider this got forty thousand on pay per view, <laughs> so the numbers are phenomenal. Don't get me wrong, but boxing's well established getting them numbers. So yeah, um, let's get back to the card anyway. Yeah, let's um, do it. Let's do it. We mentioned them before. Um, Evan Tanner versus a very young, ruthless Robbie Lawler with hair. Harry um, Robbie Lawler, yeah. Harry Robbie Lawler, yeah. yeah. Um, I think um, with that one. What well, one thing that made me laugh with that story is when when they start, like I think Goldberg said, Oh, is Lola gonna come out swinging for the fences? Like, well, yeah, like now <laughs> I was seeing what Robbie Lola's become, like, yeah, it's Lola. No, I mean, but <laughs> at that time he must have been going back and forth with it. Yeah. Um, I think with that one, it was just the sort of veteran instincts of Evan Tanner mm-hmm. won him the fight, really. Yeah, uh, Robbie. Robbie didn't look outmatched or anything like that. But as soon as it went to the floor, Robbie was in trouble. Uh, um, I'm, I'm right in saying Robbie put it to the floor as well. He, yeah, I think Robbie initiated slammed him, didn't he? That's um, right. And he had him in his guard, and then um, Tanner had threw up a triangle. But he's yeah, that's right. As Frank was saying, he was going for like a straight arm lock. Lawler had his hand on his shoulder. So just yeah. initiating a straight arm bar, but then I think that eventually the squeeze of the triangle has made Lawler tap. Yeah. yeah. No, I'd say great, great squeeze. Um, Lawler was evidently pissed off with himself. Um, <laughs> See, like, like, and, just, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's to be expected. As I say, he's made one mistake and it. it's cost him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, didn't know. Evan, uh, is it Evan? Yeah, Evan Tanner passed away in 2008. Oh, did he? Oh, did not know that. Yeah, he died of heat stroke. Where was he? Um, more so, how, how did he get that kind of heat stroke? 
I don't know, Palo Verde, California. This is where he died. Um, I'll just say. So he purchased a dirt bike and on September 3rd, 2008, rolled into the desert region west of Palo Verde, California to go camping. According to his manager, John Hayner, Tanner called that afternoon and said that his bike had run out of gas and he would walk back to camp. This conflicted with a later report that his bike was found at his camp. He reportedly intended to refill his water bottles at Clap Spring before heading back to his campsite, but was unaware that the spring was usually dry. Temperatures that day reached 118 degrees Fahrenheit, so 48 degrees centigrade. Um, but in a text message to a friend, he said he thought he could make it back to his camp if he travelled during the later hours of the evening. He told friends to contact authorities if they did not hear from him by the following morning. When friends did not hear from him the next morning, they reported Tanner missing and a search was begun. His body was discovered near Clapsring with empty water bottles by a marine helicopter on September the 8th, 2008. The Imperial County Coroner determined that determine the time of death to be between late September 4th and early September 5th, but the legal date was recorded as September 8th, 2008. According to a military article, Tanner's motorcycle was at his camp and within his provisions were ample supplies of water. The Imperial County Sheriff's Office gave the official cause of death as heat exposure. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. 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 Um but yeah, it was a great finish for him. Um yeah. say that veteran instinct sort of took over. Mm. Um, yeah. And it's mad as well because if it probably like you see him there and it shows his evolution as well, the fact that he, he's evolved to an extent with MA. You know, you look at his fight oh, yeah, McDonald's and that. And obviously <clears throat> even at that point, MA changed the whole lot from when he fought Tanner. So, you know, just shows like that ability to adapt to ever changing, you know, <clears throat> techniques and whatnot. Well, that's it. I mean, look at it, you know, what well, I, I can't remember what year he won the belt, but so many years later, he, he becomes champ, yeah, you know what I mean, and, yeah. and, a, and a dominant champ for a period, like. He obviously he got so much better as he got older, yeah. but I suppose that's sort of to be expected because he's he's had more years of learning, more years to to get different techniques, fighting different opponents. It, it's all a learning curve. The whole yeah, MMA yeah. sport, it's it's a constant learning curve. Uh, yeah. From the day you start fighting to the day you finish fighting, you're learning. Constant change going um, on, in the, you know. So Robbie shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next next contest. Um, was Frank Trigg so welterweight division Frank Trigg versus Renato Verissimo um, so you mentioned it before it was, it was a, a good fight it was a good fight yeah Um, but you mentioned it before a lot of back seemed to be quite a few back of the head shots in this fight not really getting picked up by any ref really you can't even blame one ref or another I think there was only three who officiated on the card but None of them would really call on them when they were happening. Um, no, I mean, and I think I don't know. I think largely they were all unintentional, but you've still got to be called out when when they're happening. Yeah, at least at least give a warning. I think yeah, like the odd warning when the ref might have mm. noticed it, but it seemed like the refs went in the best position when they were throwing them. You know what I mean, so like I mean, you had Yamazaki on there, so you know we know what he's like now. Yeah, the, 
McCarthy and Herb, mm. obviously, at that point, I think Herb's establishing himself for them how long he'd been in at that point. Where John McCarthy was the main one, yeah, at that point, still. So, I mean, yeah, a lot of back the head shots, unintentional, but you'd still like to see that warning, you know what I mean? So, it was mostly ground upon when it happened, really, and due to be. Yeah. Moving ahead, side to side, and that's so, all. Yeah, probably unintentional, but yeah, yeah. Um, but with, with with the Frankfurt one, there, I think it just the fight ending just boiled down to uh, <clears throat> Renato not really defending himself at the end. He was kind of just curled up in a ball, wasn't he? Um, was it this shots. one that Mia said they could probably come down to the cardio of them? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, the, the first round, I think, um, trade come out strong. Adam up against the defence, staying on the inside, having him on the outside of the cage. I think, what, what was the fella's name? I forgot his name. Um, uh, Renato Verissimo. Yeah, just call him just call him Renato. I think he's caught Trigg, hasn't he? Mm. Looks like Trigg's wobbled a bit. Took yeah. him down, and obviously Renato, he's a jiu-jitsu specialist, so... You know, initiating a takedown probably might not be the best idea. I think he's thrown up a lot of stuff, looking for leg locks, looking for triangles and whatnot. Um, almost caused a triangle. Uh, yeah. Trigg done very, very well to get out. As He did, as I was turning purple. Yeah. <laughs> as, as Mia said, it was more heart than technical escape, but he still got out, punched him in the face, also slammed him down a bit. And got out. Um, I think was it that one that got to the second round? Yeah. Yeah, the second round, I think it was sort of the same, you know, Trigger initiating the takedowns, Renato looking for submissions, and then I think the ground apart and the lack of cardio on Ronaldo's part has been the big factor in that one, and, you know, not defending themselves smartly. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was a good fight. It was, it was a good fight. I think a lot of what you're seeing in that is st- stuff you'd come to expect from Frank Trigg. Yeah. From, you know, if you've seen Frank Trigg before, you kind of know what he's about. He's he has he's got a lot of heart. He always has done. He's um. Was was this his first fight in it? Because I, I know when they were showing him, it seems like they were showing a lot from his. Was it his first in the UFC? Yeah. No, he'd fought at UFC two. Uh, UFC 245, I would say. Yeah, he fought he? at UFC, <laughs> he fought at UFC 45, UFC 48. He fought every other card, basically, except for 45, like, but he fought 48, 50, 52, 54. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, because it seemed like when he was shown as sort of highlights in the lead-up, a lot of it was in like the ring, so I don't know if he had a yeah. little stint in Pride or something like that. Um, you know, the Pride was established at that point. I don't think so, no. He been in shootout. I don't know if shootout was oh no, sorry, yeah. He had a, he had one fight in Pride. Oh, okay. Um which he finished in the first round. It's definitely one we've got to look at. Oh man. Yeah. Um he fought at WFA as well. Yeah. Um I went back to Pride after he'd been released from the UFC. Ended up going back to Pride, uh, back to the UFC for UFC one oh three and one oh nine. Um <laughs> He'd also been in strike force. He'd been everywhere basically. Yeah. Um, and then finished his career in Bama. <laughs> Bama. 
Interesting. Yeah, just wanted to fight, didn't he? But I say, yeah, <laughs> he's he's always had a always had a lot of heart. Um, no surprise he got out of it, and it was a good finish for him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so next, good. and this is where the card gets weird. So next on the card, um, not a, a main or co-main, was Matthews versus George St. Pierre. Um, for the title. <laughs> for the welterweight title. Um, oh, I, I don't understand this logic whatsoever. Like, Matthews was a massive name already. Yeah. You know, five-time defending welterweight champ um, before he lost it. George St. Pierre was the, the new kid on the block, up and coming. Yeah. But he went, hmm, we're going to have two more fights after that. Neither for the title. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to work that out. I don't know. At that point, I mean, where were the Atlantic City? So I don't know yeah. if that was more a sort of... They might be more receptive to Ortiz than it was huge. I'm not too sure. Maybe. You know, Maybe yeah. it was like, there's a title fight halfway through, get in earlier. Yeah, um, yeah. You know what fans are like when it comes to getting in early and stuff like that. Obviously, as, as just a say, very weird decision. Yeah, as we said, at that point, like, they're wanting to try and do things to keep the fans interested. So maybe if Ortiz got a bit more of a fan base there, okay, well, let's throw in main. Or maybe, like you said, or there's a title fight in the middle of the cards. Get in, watch that, you know. So it's hard, but probably at the time, it made sense to them. <laughs> maybe, but, maybe. It doesn't make sense to us in this day and age, <laughs> so not, not even a little bit. Uh, but what a fight, I mean. Yeah, you seen why Matt, you seen why Matthews was is a legend. Yeah, and you seen you seen why George Saint Pierre was going to become a legend. At Matthews was already a legend at the time. Let's be honest. Yeah, um, and he only cemented that further with that win. And George Saint Pierre looked unbelievable. And just he was early in his career. You can only you probably put it down to a rookie mistake. Mm. Um, fucking. I think we can safely say he improved. <laughs> oh, yeah, majorly, majorly. I mean, he beat him, what, twice after that? Yeah. So, uh, d- definitely improved, but, yeah. Uh, so, it was odd, because I think at that point, like, JSP was just starting to do wrestling, because he mentioned he, he was training with Canadian wrestlers and collegiate wrestlers and that, so at that point, I think he was starting. He actually yeah. tried to take down Hughes... Um, I think he may have got it, and then he just took him down with a big ass slam. <laughs> yeah, typical Hughes wrestling. Um, yeah, yeah, and then, uh, it was uh, mad though, wasn't it? Like the ending was was phenomenal from Matthews. Oh, slick! George George St. Pierre must have been thinking, "What the fuck's just happened?" So the ending, he, he tried to get the commodity, didn't he? Mm. And I don't know, maybe he wasn't confident in getting it in or something. But he allowed Matt to just step over it, and the way he just stepped Amber over. Yeah, I <laughs> it, mean, was, it was that simple. It was mad. I'm not to say because I think there was a, another one that was similar to that. Maybe in Franklin. I'm not too sure. I'm trying to recall now, but not to say with fights back then, like a lot of Amber sort of had that turning round, like stepping over and doing the Amber. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The, the execution now for the arm bar feels different. You know what I mean? Like, you've even Don't seen... Forget, you've it's, even seen Jeff There's so Pete. many more people. When he um, when he got Hughes, he submitted him with the arm bar. And again, that was similar to stepping over and doing it that way. But what I was going to say, there's more people 
you say the set up for it's different now, but then the move is, is so well known these days that mm. Pete, how to defend it will be in basic, you know, basic jujitsu, basic just groundwork in general. It's yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be so much harder these days to actually get an armbar in. How many armbars do you see these days? Really, you don't see many. No, 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 often most of my setup now from the guards, you don't you don't That's see them often from mounts. So well. it's it's so much harder to, to get an armbar in these days. Yeah. Um whereas at the time, not everybody would have known how to defend an armbar. Yeah, yeah. And it's but it's the same with anything. It's like, you know, imagine when the first rear naked choke happened. Yeah. <laughs> with, with, with hoist, they didn't have a fucking clue what was going on. Exactly, you know, yeah. The first Kamora didn't have a, it, it Any, that's how it all yeah. starts anything um and you've even got a few now haven't you with like um the leg locks and yeah you know. i can't remember what they call it but the OSP the osp choke oh the, uh, one one flu. Flu choke even yeah, a it's the osp one now that's twist, it. but if they're not if they're not done often the harder the, the harder to defend against the more yeah. often a move is done the easier it is to defend yeah, which is yeah. why you'll see less and less of them uh don't get wrong yet you're going to get some flawless jiu-jitsu fighters especially these days who will just will, will get a rear naked choke on you no matter how many times you've defended it yeah and that's it Oliveira's one of them um Mackenzie then another one that's what I mean it's if they want it there's certain fighters out there if, if they want it to happen it will happen eventually but then certain fighters who aren't quite as good they're gonna have to work and work and work for that submission yeah um and and, and that's the difference is nine fighters out of ten now will have to work and work and work and work it's that one fighter who's the, the, the exception to the rule who can yeah. just go, right, okay, so there's your neck, I'm choking you out. I mean, you, you even look, look <laughs> at that, like, look at JSP and Hardy, like, JSP at that, like, that point would have been fucking thingy with submission, you know what I mean? I had a ton of finishes with them, and then Andy was like, no, you're not submitting me at all. Yeah. Like, I'm back, no, I'll just spin out to that. Kamara, fucking put it to me, head, I'll still get out of it, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Like you said, some will have to fight for it. Even sometimes the best have to fight for it. Just depends on the person. Defense, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So very good finish. Good, on, very very good fight on the belt. Um, as even well. though it only yeah, even though it only lasted the round, it was was a really good fight. Yeah, it's quite fast paced, wasn't it? Yeah. Um. So next, which I don't know if it was technically the if it was the co-main or it was the second to last fight anyway. Um. <laughs> I don't know if you can really call it the co-main, but anyway. I, I think that, yeah, it's Goldberg credit as, as a co-main when they spoke about it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Rich Franklin versus Jorge Rivera. Um, closer fight than I expected, not going to lie. Yeah. Um, Rivera stayed in it quite well for the most part. Um, Hit Rich a few times as well, lovely yeah, body yeah, shots with looked, the knees in there. The, the blood coming out of Rich's head. Um, yeah. Exactly. Uh, no, it, it was it was nice to see because like, there was a lot of clinch work, a lot of dirty boxing in the clinch. Mm. You know, I think Franklin and this is that the most like. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> oh, I think it just showed Franklin was more the superior fighter. It's like wherever it went, he seemed to have the edge, even though Rivera caught him in that. It just seems like. Yeah. Franklin had the edge. I mean, when Rivera was getting him, Franklin dropped him, didn't he? Put him on his ass in the first round, I think. Yeah. 
you know, <clears throat> I don't know if that at, at that point where he was in his championship path, I think that come a little bit further on, but if that is the case, then you just see in the start of what Franklin was going to do. You know what I mean? He become one of the best middleweights, you know, yeah, still, yeah. still is classed as a, a brilliant middleweight, you know, but obviously Anderson Silva <laughs> took that, uh, that throne, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah absolutely. No, um, brilliant, close, close quarter fight. What's, what's odd, by the way, just want to point out, with saying about... Um, that being the co-main on the poster for the event, it's got Tito and Patrick Cote, and, and then it's got Matthews yeah. and GSP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it was. It's almost like a little, um, a little surprise for fans. You say, I mean, like people probably thought, oh yeah, GSP, and that's the co-main, and then also, no, no, you've got Rich Franklin. I mean, yeah, um, it was crazy. It was madness. Um, I, so I, I did enjoy that one. It was like lovely. I enjoyed the whole car. Like, like, to be honest, you know, yeah, the whole car was good. Like that fight just it seemed more that old style, dirty boxing and the clinch. Yeah, you know, the fight seemed more aggressive than what they do these days. Yeah, like the, it seemed more, like there was more. I'm just, I'm just gonna knock it out. Yeah. Um, Whereas now, there's so much emphasis, not that that's a bad thing, not even close, but there's so much emphasis these days on on ground games and styles, make fights and stuff like that, where it seemed like there was less of that back then. Yeah, I, I think at, at that point, you know, the fighters weren't too fussed on tech, technical ability, she was there. I think it was more on mm. getting the finish, you know what I mean? Like, I think... We see oh, that it, in the early days of like when it was the tournament setting. Yeah, exactly. Who was it? I think it was Evan Tanner again. He said, Oh, it's great I can make a payment off me mortgage now. You know. Yeah. When when that he can make the full mortgage payment or you know, I can make a payment, you know. Yeah. Great. But it's just getting in there, getting the money, do what he needs to do with it, and then in a few months get back on, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, madness. Um, so main event, um, was Tito Ortiz, as you mentioned, versus the late replacement Patrick. The Huntington, Cote. the Huntington Beach Mayor, bad boy. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's, what, that's what he was. Really, he's with the mayor. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, what what yeah, can you say about this fight? Um, Tito was pissed. <laughs> was pissed off with it. Oh, yeah. Didn't go go how he wanted it to go. He wanted to finish Patrick Cote. Patrick Cote, while he never troubled Tito and wasn't even ever close to winning a round, he was never in trouble. Mm. Tito was hitting him with shots, but he was never never really hurt by them. He was never... It never looked like he was going to get finished. Um, I think for Cote, it was just maybe a case of I just want to get to a decision kind of thing. If it gets to a decision, anything can happen. I mean, obviously with that, it couldn't. But that's the way some fighters might look at it is, if it gets to a decision, who knows? Yeah. I, mean, I, kind of, I kind of got a bit of that from Cote. Oh, dear. I just knocked the mic. Um, yeah, so it's, it's weird because um, you mentioned it earlier. Like, it looked like Tito was wanting to finish him, but I think Frank, he sort of alludes to the fact that Tito was more wanting to punish him rather than finish him because there was opportunities where he could have got a submission 
and they weren't taking it. So I, I think maybe Kote saying what he did and like the pre-fight stuff probably pissed Ortiz off, made him want, want to punish him. Um, and that probably made him less reluctant to go for his submission. But obviously with Tito, his thing was ground and pound and that's what he was doing, you know, the full three yeah, pounds. Yeah. So... Tito knew how to... Tito was... He was always a smart fighter in, in fairness to him. Like, mm-hmm. he, he always knew. He knew how to get a decision win. And yeah. that's what he'd done in the end. He thought he was going to put him away, but at the same time, I suppose it's smart to do the ground and pound for three rounds because you'll either knock him out eventually or you will get your decision win. So yeah, yeah. It, it was a foolproof plan, but he was disappointed that he couldn't put him away. I, I, I think he's got a bit of a... Maybe he had a bit of a point in his own head. You know, Patrick Cote, excuse me, making his... Making his debut in the UFC against yeah. the former champ is like in 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 your head. If you look at it on paper, you'd be going, "He should be finishing him." Yeah, because there's no chance. So yeah, that that's the way your head just automatically goes, isn't it? With stuff like that. Yeah, but it was just like Cote had a really weird UFC journey. So, like he lost to Tito, then at UFC 52 he lost to Joe Dawkinson, then he lost to Chris Lieben on the very first fight night. Oh, right, so then okay. he lost to Travis Luther on the Ultimate Fighter finale, um, which was the all right, okay. So that was the season four middleweight tournament final fight against Travis Luther. All right. um, but then he won at UFC 67 against Scott Smith, then beat Kendall Grove, then beat Ricardo Almeida, then went on a three fight losing streak. Yeah. So we got a title shot against Anderson, obviously lost. Then he, he got beat by Alan Belcher and Tom Lawler. Yeah. He must have got released from the UFC because um, I had a few fights in different promotions. Then come back in 2012, got beat by Kung Lei. Yeah. Then beat Alessio Sakara and Bobby Verka. Then lost to Wonderboy. Then beat Joe Riggs. So, like, he had a very, he had like lose three wins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, didn't end up with a bad record in fairness, like 23 and 11. But yeah. say at that time, his first fight in the UFC, everyone would have been expecting Tito to put him away. And that's probably why Tito was a bit annoyed. And, you know, I guess you can say props to him for stepping up, you know, and that, that mount of pull that was the I'm going to step up. It was, it, was a, it was a good fight. It was a great fight to finish, to finish off the card. Um, and But that was UFC 50, as I say. Seven fights seems... Weird these days when you get seven fights in the prelims alone. Yeah. Nowadays, um, but it was it was nice to go back, see how it's nice to see how it how it was back then, but how it's evolved to where it is now. Um, yeah. It's always fun to to look back. But as you say, one thing we do need to do, which we didn't do a lot of in twenty twenty one, is is episodes like this. Yeah. Um, so we do need to sort of get back into them a bit more often as well. Um, with like looking at different promotions, we, we haven't really had the chance to with the amount of people that we've actually managed to interview in 2021. It's been difficult trying to fit in the other episodes that we'd like yeah, to do. Yeah. Um and don't wrong, it may be the case this year as well, but I think we can try and, and fit in the odd episode like this year and there. Um, yeah. look at Pride, look at Strike Force, look at some of the newer promotions. You know, there's still like the likes of Invicta we need to watch. There's I can't. I couldn't too even many. tell you. That. Too, too many to too go. Rising PFL. Yeah. Like. Um, I mean, maybe like this sort of one if people like enjoy it sort of 
a looking back series. Yeah, so it's not always the easiest for us to try and get these episodes out. As I say, we want to we want to talk to as many fighters and people involved in the fight world as possible. But people like these episodes. We like doing these episodes. They are mm. good fun. Yeah. And the best part for us is we don't have to be on camera for these ones. <laughs> yeah, you just listen to our silly voices. Yeah, you don't have to look at you've seen our ugly mugs a lot in 21, 2021. <laughs> yeah. So um We'll, we'll try and if we the more of these we do the less you get to see our faces which is always a plus um, so it, it took us a little while to get through the card there let's let's jump in because we've got so many questions from so many people yeah um, which is never a bad thing just never expected to get this many I'm not going to lie so <laughs> thank you everyone we will name you once when we when the questions are being asked um, and the ones from Twitter, well, I've just I've basically just copied and pasted exactly what's been put. So I'll read out the full the full tweets and stuff like that. So we're gonna start with the ones from Instagram because there's only a couple from there. So uh Calm Smith Funk um basically asked us our top ten greatest MMA fighters. So yeah. I'm gonna let you name do you wanna do one should we do one by one or do you wanna name your ten and then I'll name my ten? Um I said this one was interesting as well because usually you get oh gives you top five. Oh, yeah, top ten. Just have to. Go on, you, I'll let you. You give us a full rundown of your top ten. Um, <clears throat> so top five, probably. You know, so you've got Anson Silva, um, <clears throat> JSP. With, with most of these, like I won't have to, you know, even saying about them because not everyone knows anyway. Um, John Jones. Yeah, okay, people might say how was that, but what he what he did in that division, you know, it's it's unmatched the opponents he fought in that caliber. Um <clears throat> Jose Aldo, legend, Fedor, he's gotta be in there. And then after like this, I was like, like who would I put in my top ten? So I tried to um, the the rest I've tried to pick ones that have made like a, a huge impact on the sport. Um, so the next one I had was Mighty Mouse. Okay. Obviously, he's had a bit impact on the sport. He's, you know, considered one the best flyweight. Um, BJ Penn. Without him, the lower Weight classes wouldn't exist, um, in my opinion. Hoist uh, Gracie, it's evidence what he's down for. Um, Randy Couture, legend of the game, you know, won, won a title like 40 odd years of age, you know, similar to Shearer. And then obviously he was, on, he was on the card that we watched, Matthews. Legend, you know, one of the best worlds of weights. Yeah. So that's my top ten. Um okay, yeah. I mean a lot of the same names in my top ten, really, to be honest. Um I didn't have as much difficulty with it as I thought, to be honest. But um yeah, so I've gone uh, no particular order. Um GSP. Um, Matthews, uh, Randy Couture, Hoist Gracie. Uh, then I've got Ken Shamrock. Okay. Yeah. Um, early pioneer of that 
proper. He was probably one of the sort of first actual mixed martial artists. He was the first I seem to sort of think of him as having uh, being quite well versed at a few different things. Yeah, yeah um, the well round as one. Yeah. Um, then I've gone for Chuck Liddell. Yeah. Um, Frank Mir. Um, you know, heavyweight champer, a fairly young age. Yeah. Motorcycle crash nearly ended his career. Come back, won the belt again. Um, I think in terms of heavyweights, I think for me, you're really looking at sort of between him and Steve Ayers, the best yeah. in terms of heavyweights in UFC. Yeah, he's, um, he's definitely up there, isn't he? I think... Um... With Mia, I think a lot of his stuff is forgotten about, especially recently mm. with him like losing yeah, and but, that, like you know. But we've we've had this conversation in the past about sort of goats and the best fighters and stuff like that, and there's so many yeah. different things. But you can't discredit someone's past for having a few shit fights later in the career. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um. So the reason I said obviously UFC because I've then put Fado. Yeah. Uh, couldn't, couldn't not include Fedor. Uh, Anderson Silva. Yeah. And then I nearly, I nearly missed Anderson out, to be honest. <laughs> um, and then John Jones. Yeah. Um, John Jones, yeah, he's not the greatest of people. <laughs> mm. um, but you can't you can't deny his ability in in that in the octagon. Yeah. Um the only two uh the two I'd put in originally and then took out. Uh, who would be in there for me otherwise are BJ yeah. and um, and Khabib with the two I'd, I'd originally placed in my top 10 and yeah. took out um, but I'd say they're you know they're 11 and 12 let's say yeah um, this is the thing as well I think with like greatest like that list can change drastically if you focus on certain points so obviously we've done that episode where what goes into being the GOAT you know and it's yeah when they have all of them. But if you've just done a list of greatest MMA fighters in terms of impact, you know, the list would be different. You know, yeah. it, it probably would differ. That's what I mean. If you had if you had top 10 fighters in terms of pay-per-view buys, then we're looking at a different list. If you went in yeah. terms of impact, you'd have a different list. If you went purely based just on how many wins they've got, you'd have a different list. So yeah, it's yeah. a completely different list. <coughs> full stop and, and one thing I noticed with both of us actually is we neither of us included any female yeah. fighters I think obviously the, the one you probably there's a few you could put in there Ronda for air impact yeah. again you talk about impact no woman had a bigger impact at the time well really there's been women who've surpassed her legacy let's say in terms of fighting in yeah. terms of the impact in women's mixed martial arts no one's had a bigger impact than Ronda yeah yeah um, obviously Amanda arguably well for many people not even arguably but arguably the greatest when it comes to women's fighters you've got you know the sort, again there's a lot Valentina Joanna Cyborg there's a lot you can include there, there you know. I'm surprised we didn't um, include any there but I think for I tried to look at it in terms of sort of mainly like pioneers of the sport when it first yeah. started out yeah which is why I've included the likes of Hoist Ken Chuck, uh, Randy, uh, yeah. Chuck. That's I've went more down that route with that. Yeah. Question, but it's a, it's a great question. Thank you, Callum. Um, next one off Instagram is off uh, Steve James Sports. Uh, he also posted this on Twitter. So if you're not aware of who uh, Steve James is, 
go and check out his summer's content because he's a uh, he's brilliant. Yeah. He's, he gets some great guests on. Got, got, and, got um, a brilliant top notch, brilliant podcast, and uh, check out his website as well because he he writes and that as well. He covers anime yeah. on, on that side as well. So yeah, he's doing he's, he's um he's doing you know doing a lot for UK MMA and also trying to put his name out there in. The, the entire world of MMA, much like ourselves. So, yeah, uh, great credit to him. He's doing great. Uh, so, he's asked a really interesting question. So, he said, um, if you could describe one MMA fighter who was like a fork in a world of soup, who comes to mind? <laughs> I, I like that little saying. That's I know, yeah. Fork Not something I've heard of before, like, but I do like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, for, for me, like, I insert this one as is a, a fighter that you wouldn't think is a fighter. Like, I don't know if you interpreted like that. For me, I interpreted it as who doesn't fit in. Like, who's, who is that fighter who, you know, if you've got a bowl of soup, would be someone trying to eat it with a fork. Like, yeah. just doesn't fit in, doesn't belong kind of thing is what I is what I took of it. So maybe our answers will differ on based on our interpretations. Yeah. So for me, as I took it, like two fighters come to mind, and that's Ryan Hall because he mm. he doesn't look like a fighter. I mean, he doesn't look like he should be in the MMA. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but then he's called the Wizard, so you know. And then the other one of was Chase Hooper. I don't know if that's because he's he's young and he's got like a proper like curly wall Baby on fish. Him. Uh, like the baby face, um, but I think with them, like you put glasses on just just a Gaethje, and he doesn't look like a fighter. You know what I mean? That picture of him with yeah. So I think yeah. um, another one you could say if for your interpretation of it would be Brandon Moreno. Like you just seen him with his yeah, um, yeah. Lego belt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like he'd be if I if I interpreted it that way, I would go. To him, I, I'd think. Yeah. Um, so the way I interpreted it, as I say, is I say who doesn't belong in MMA and yeah. is, is somehow here. Uh, and I've gone for one man, and that is Dylan Danis. Oh, hell. he doesn't belong in any sort of universe. Exactly. I mean, just <laughs> just the way the way Ariel's just killed him the other day. Heelwani, it's a full effect. Um, mm. Like the way he's absolutely destroyed him. Shows it, but that's that's Dylan Danis for you. He's made a career off. Could be trying to get well. He hasn't even made a career because he hasn't fought. But he's made the name of for himself by being Connor's bum boy and you know nearly getting Khabib. kicked in the face by Khabib. <laughs> so yeah, Dylan Danis all the way for me. <laughs> but uh, no, so, that's a good thing. The fact that there's two interpretations, which like gives you two different answers. So whatever, different answers, whatever yeah. one he was looking for, he, <laughs> he got it. So yeah. Hopefully we've answered that well for you there, Steve. Um, Thanks, mate. So, we're going on to the Twitter ones now, and there's a lot here. So, um, as I say, I cop- just copied and pasted the tweets, so I'm just going to read out the actual full tweets, what, whatever anyone's sent. So, basically, um, if your grammar's terrible, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Um, you'll, you would have heard of some of these before. These are all part of our little, I think, are they all? Most of them are yeah. part of our little uh, commission that we have going yeah. on. On Twitter, so it's always nice to hear from the commission. Yeah. Um. So first one is from um, Ian and Lino. Slip the jab pod. Um. 
So Dave said, this is the, I said just their tweet. Oh, wow. Congrats, guys. 50 is a huge deal and it's really cool to watch you guys from the start. Thanks very much, guys. Uh, so the question is, in the 50 episodes, well, what an but in the episodes we've recorded, uh, which is your favourite and why? Yeah. Um... I think I've got two for this. Yeah. Um, but I'll let you go first. One that always sticks out to me is the weird side of MMA. I think um, that was a fun one to see in other other sides of it. You know what I mean? Like, like that team fighting championships with five people just battering each other. You know what I mean? And I think we wouldn't have found that. You know, we didn't have the idea. We didn't think, let's look at what, what else they've done. You know, the bloody arm wrestle but you can fucking punch each other with the other arm and that <laughs> so. well that's it that's I think that's what we had to try and do at the beginning mm. was think of these themed episodes on what to do because guests getting guests on for us was much more difficult then yeah um, so we obviously we wanted to keep the content coming out regularly so we thought it's something that made us different yeah, it's, it's, it's fresh idea, and I, I'm not too sure if other people have done that possible, but you know, it's it's still fresh because yeah, you're looking at all di- different sides of it. Absolutely. Um. So yeah, I'd say I probably got two answers. This and one was actually going to be that one. Um. Yeah, we that one. Me. Yeah, because like you say, it was just. Absolute madness, like the fucking <laughs> one where they were in uh, armor and that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, swords and shit medieval like fighting, like <laughs> crazy. I, I think it was <laughs> yeah. an actual, a legitimate company with like a, a thingy name, yeah, yeah. but they done. I forgot who it was, but they done that sort of um, I'm stuck on my way. They done that sort of theme, like medieval fighting championship stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, I'm gonna have to look who it was now, just to remember. Um, Medieval. Even, even the one in Italy, where like, they play like some sort of football, but they can swat each other. Yeah, uh, M1 <laughs> Medieval, it was. M1, that's it, yeah. So, yeah, uh, so that was a fun one, just because it was interesting for us to <laughs> to see that weird, well, exactly what we called it, the yeah, weird the side of MMA. Yeah. My um, other favourite one, and I go back to this all the time, um, even though it was early on for us, was the interview with Peter Baust. Oh yeah. Um I think that's still probably my favorite one. I mean obviously recently we've I think every, I mean with everyone we I think we come a bit more out of our shell. Yeah. Like recently with the lads from um you know from the Almighty Card I think it was where we played Would you rather with them. Yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. Just just random shit like that, but I think the one with Peter Baust it was like he would, he was the first fighter where we'd seen him before and um, seemed seemed like a big deal, like him being in one and stuff like that. And think we were probably both a bit nervous about it. And he was just so nice; he just had you at ease, like yeah, yeah. straight away. Um, and I think that that one really helped us a lot with the interviews going forward. Yeah, um, definitely. And I say we have we haven't looked back from that point really. Yeah, um, yeah. obviously said- we did have Monica Hockelcover before that, but. Um, that one was obviously a bit difficult because Ed English wasn't fantastic. Although yeah. still did, I still did thoroughly enjoy that interview. But I think the Peter Bowes one is just the one that really sticks out to me all the time. 
Yeah. That and maybe Paddy, just because it's our biggest one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so great question. Thank you, guys. That's for the job. Um, next is uh, Greg, ATSM underscore podcast. Um, so he has said, uh, who's a fighter or fighters that you thought 2021 would be their year and you were just flat out wrong about? <laughs> uh, for him, it was Michael Chiesa. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so with me, uh, I had Kevin so, I, okay. Okay. I, it is what he done in twenty twenty. I was ridiculous. No, I mean he went on like what five, four, five fight win streak or something. Took out Jackeray. Took out you know. Oh, this is well. Like I, I always forget how to pronounce that fella's name. Joachim Buckley. Wacky. Joaquin, there you go. I'll, I'll always say that name wrong. Joaquin Buckley, you know, he, he beat him and then you see him go and get this fucking crazy finish over Impa Kasanganai, <laughs> you know, so it's... And then... Sorry, how, how can you say Impa Kasanganai easier than Joaquin Buckley? Joaquin Buckley is so much easier to say. <laughs> I don't know, it's just, it, it, for some reason the J just wants to come on, so I say Joaquin, it doesn't make, make any sense. Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix, Joaquin Buckley, you know what I mean, so... But um, I just sorry, I just had to ask that <laughs> extra, extra question. Yeah, yeah, no, but um, yeah, so I was mad, and then obviously this year's like I think he's lost twice and three if you count the grappling. But at that grappling one, he did he did look good. You know, it looks like his training with Johnny Hendricks is doing doing well with him and stuff. Yeah. Um. So hopefully next year, well this year, next year, this year he. He does, does better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, for me, mine was for a different reason than yourself. Um, you know, mine is somebody who hasn't had, didn't have a great 2020. Um, in all honesty, hasn't had a great couple of years, mm. um, with the exception of, I think, one win in his last five. Um, Dad and Till. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, that first, I thought you were going to say someone like Cody Garvin. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. Um, yeah, Darren, I think. He, I, I don't know. It, Darren's a weird one. He always looks, he always looks fantastic in training. He always looks like he's ready mentally. Like he, you never see him. You never look at him going into a fight and think he's he's worried or anything like that. Yeah. You never doubt him going into a fight, and it's just it hasn't gone his way for the last couple of years. But I thought this year is. Is it's time for the comeback, I think. And I thought Derek Brunson, Derek Brunson, don't get me wrong, he's been on a, a roll as of late, even yeah. going into that fight. But I just thought to myself, I thought Darren would have had too much for Derek Brunson, and, and it was the other way around. And it was just, yeah. it was a, a shame because we all want Darren to do well, to do well. Everyone wants Darren to do well, even if you're not from Liverpool. He's a likable person. Yeah, definitely. People want him to do well. So for me, it was it was probably Darren. Um yeah. So next one, um, I do feel like I'm going through these quite fast, but we've got that many. <laughs> <laughs> um, next one is from at McTavish Clan, which I believe is Cyrus. Yeah, yeah, he he got rid of his Cyrus King one, had like six thousand followers or something, got rid of it, and then he was like, "Whoever finds me, I know who's rolling with me properly." You know what I mean, so yeah, yeah. He's got like 150 followers now, but he at least he knows they're the one to do with him. So, but that that's it. I think he 
obviously we've got a little group chat haven't we on yeah on twitter with them and he said like he, he was starting to dislike a lot of the people on his own timeline yeah stuff like that and he, he needed a fresh start kind of thing so um no doubt it's gonna still go well for him with, with his own podcast if you haven't checked out cyrus's podcast um come back corner going this corner yeah it, it fair warning it every episode is about four hours long um, <laughs> <laughs> but they're worth it they're worth it trust me um, um, yeah he's, he's good he he knows his stuff as well so yeah. um uh, so Cyrus says happy 50th man uh question who can you see being the most unlikely champion to shock the world in 2022 in 2021 it was Juliana Pena so I think um what he means is who's the most likely to shock the world and become champ in 2022 yeah now again I'll let you go first but mine is so far out the box like ridiculous Um, it's, this is a hard one this because it's looking after the divisions and thinking who can do it you know what I mean so the divisions but, are all looking good uh, at the moment aren't they so but I, I think when you look at the context of it you mentioned Pena the reason why that was a big shock was because of Amanda's dominance. So, like, for me, you've got to look at others and say you could do it. Um, so, I don't know, like, who's the next most dominant champ in in the, the organisation? It's more than likely Valentina. I mean, it's still, it's still Amanda. <laughs> the other well, 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 yeah, I mean... Or Valentina, yeah. It's probably Valentina because the, the, the like the featherweight balance. Maybe it, it's maybe is he? Like I don't like going off thing here, but Amanda's in a thingy position now because the featherweight division had no one in it and she's got that belt. So it's like Yeah. But I don't know, I'd probably say Valentina and it would be the say- one to do it. Antonina. Yeah, <laughs> is gonna be her sister. Um I don't know. Um now we know um army balls in that division. You know, she's mm. she's made her way back into the wind column. Uh she was speaking on a, a podcast with someone and she, I think she has a target of 18 months. She wants to be in front of Valentina. Yeah. I don't I don't think with, with people it's unlikely. You know what I mean? But I'm just taking that context of uh like Amanda and Pena. You know what I mean? Amanda's yeah. dominance got stopped by Pena, who no one thought should have the shot and you know what I mean. So I'm yeah. using that as a as a sort of I don't know what well, I would call it, like an example. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, for the question. See, I've gone with a British fighter <clears throat> myself, but I think it's harder for the British fighters, especially with the way the world is at the moment. And maybe we're starting to come out of that. I know, like, the UK government started to scrap a load of um, things for travel and stuff like that. So maybe we're, we're heading in the right direction. But yeah. the last, the last, you know. 18 months, two years, it's been hard for the British fighters to be as active as the American fighters. Yeah. Um, so it's harder for them to, they've got to fight, they've got to wait a longer period to sort of get that shot, I think. Um, but for me, I've gone, again, massively, no one will see this coming, I don't think. Um, and I'm going to say Tom Aspinall. 
not now it's Violet I was going to mention Asprong but again it comes to the unlikely part like I don't think it's unlikely I think Asprong can do it and he can do it well yeah I mean um, at the moment he's not in a position to be getting a title shot yeah but I think if he puts a couple more wins together he's going to be in the he's going to be in the conversation he's well-rounded enough to get it done he's good on the floor he's good on his feet He's he's a very very well rounded fighter, and I think give him the chance. Yeah. And yeah, I I definitely think he could do it. Yeah, agreed. Um, definitely agreed. So yeah, great great question, Cyrus. Thank you. Uh, next, our boy Mook. Uh, yes. Slipster OG. Um, Check out his podcast as well. Uh, put the stress down podcast. A little uh, acronym is it called for PTSD. Um, yeah. Talks about all mental health and that on there. Check it out. Really great podcast. Um, Yeah, so Mook says, well, 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 boys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Mook. Happy New Year. Um, If you could have been at any fight live in 2021, I nearly couldn't say the year. (laughs) (laughs) Which would you pick? Love you. Love the show. Much love, Mook. Yeah, I've got these two events. Okay. I would have been at the, would have loved to have been at the September fourth one, just to see the scouts as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what happened there? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, I would have loved to be at that one. Um, the other one, uh, what is it? The two six nine, Jalen Gaethje. Yeah, that would be. Uh, that would have been sick one to be. Yeah, and all like that that card um was was a, a crazy card. So definitely. <coughs> um for me, yeah, I mean September 4th one obviously stands out. Yeah, Paddy's debut, Molly getting the win. Um I think Aspinall was on the card as well, wasn't he? Aspinall um, got a win, and yeah. Obviously Darren. Um but for me, it would have been I think whatever the last Last one was Nunes that, and Penny. Is that two six now? Was it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, two six nine. I think the one nice. It was two six eight. I think. Yeah, but just I think to be to be in that crowd when uh, Amanda gets dominated like that, um, and taps would have just been mm. absolutely fucking ridiculous. Yeah, like you're seeing that. Like have you seen the little video that they've done of it? And like all the fighters are shocked. You've got Al Joe like this, fucking <laughs> Mike Kiesa is pissed, fucking jumping over the barricade. He's like, I gotta get to her. You know, and then <laughs> Kayla that was Harrison, sitting in your house. Yeah. Kayla Harrison, because it's a teammate as well. People forget. She was like, hmm. you just see her like that. And she goes, fuck. It's <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But yeah. It's, oh, but that, it's, that was us in yours, wasn't it? Exactly. We both yeah. sat there just like open mouthed. I, I don't even think we could get a word out. We were just. Shot sat like, there, oh hands God. on your head, What's mouth open wide. It's like even wrong. Right like, what would just want me to see? Yeah, I think I think that's the one for me. I would have loved to have been that. <coughs> yeah, that's uh, a good question. Great question, Thanks, Thank you. Uh, so next, um, Drea underscore MMA. So Drea asks if you could have any fighter slash guest on the show in 2022. Who would be your dream guest? I'm going to attack this two ways because she says fighter slash guest. So I'm going to say a fighter and I'm going to say a non fighter. 
Okay, go on. You go first, then, because yeah. So for the fighter part, um, bit of a random one, but he's he's a fighter I've always really enjoyed, and I think he'd be very interesting to talk to. Um, would be Rumble. Rumble. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I, I think I put him down on our on our list. To be fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Rumble would definitely be <clears throat> up there. Um. In terms of non-fighters, um, so we actually put a few feelers out over the new year, just send the messages off to various people, which we're not going to name any of them, really. But one thing I will say um, is, so I was, as most people were, fans of Power Rangers growing up. So <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say, I, I want a Power Ranger on the show in 2022 mm. because you know, six-year-old me would be my best mate forever. Then, so. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, one person I would like to speak to is Dan Hardy. Like, I just want to pick his brain, like, his his knowledge and that that he's got of him, um, the, the, the knowledge he's got and how he breaks down fights. And that is just, I'd like to see how he does it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But what's he looking out for and all everything like that? Um I think he'll be an interesting one. Um yeah, I, I don't know, did, did she did she mention how many or just um I mean it just it seems like it's a singular answer, but I mean if you if you want to name more, name more. It just means it's more people getting tagged onto it. <laughs> uh, um uh, well, of course, uh, Frank Mia. I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to sp- speak to that man. You know, make a boy's dream come true. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, great question, Drea. Thank you. Um, so, next we have unmatched MMA, as you all know, Chris. Chris was one of our was our second ever guest yeah. on the podcast, <clears throat> and um, he's great as always. So, Chris says, "What a fan." Happy New Year and happy 50th. Thanks very much. Happy New Year happy to year. you. Uh, so he asked one, two, three, uh, three questions overall. Okay. Um, so, oh, this is a tough one. I didn't even get onto this. <laughs> I didn't this one prior to coming on live in my own head. Uh, okay. What's your dream fight for 2022? Got it. I, I don't know why, but I'm just very intrigued by the matchup and it's Aspinall and Garn. I just think that would be a very technical, technical fight. Um, as you say, like Aspinall is good on the ground as well. Um, I think Khan, Khan has a submission himself, so I just think they're quite evenly matched. The very technical fighters, you know. Yeah, I, I'd like to see that one. I like it, and I've just got mine. Okay. Um, <laughs> wasn't as difficult as I thought in the end. Um, <laughs> for me, I'm I'm gonna say Chandler Ferguson. Chandler Ferguson. Um, I think they'll both go out and throw bombs as we know they both can. Um, but it also makes sense at the moment because you know Ferguson's on what three lost, three lost three. Chandler's lost two in a row. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess in that sense it makes sense, but. No, at this point I wouldn't put Ferguson against Chandler. 
You never know. It might might be like the fire under Ferguson. I mean, to be honest with you, he seems to be getting called out by a few people in the league. I think Chandler's called them out. McGregor's mentioned them. Diaz mentioned he's them. Still in, Greg, he's still in. Gillespie's he's still just in, called them out. Yeah, I've seen that. I mean, he's still a he's still a good name. Don't get me wrong. It's just his his trajectory has gone to shit the last yeah. eight, 12 months or so. You know what I mean? It's a shame because everyone knows how good he was in his prime, but it's lately he just can't do anything to get a win. It's it's mad. Um, so but I still think that come, come I still back, think that know. fight. Yeah, I still think that fight would be absolute fucking just would be fireworks. <laughs> it's <laughs> that mad. would be explosive. It's like any fight that you put Chandler at the moment would be great. Like him against McGregor, him against Poirier. We've seen him and Gaethje, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you put, put him against in that division, like, it's going to be a good fight. You know, he's just... Absolutely. He has that style about um, him, doesn't he? So. Yeah. Um, okay, next one from Chris. Um, what are you most excited about doing with the show this year? <clears throat> um... I think it's just going that, that as I said, moving into to next gears, continuing what we're doing, but you know, pushing it even more, trying to you know get more interviews, yeah, more more episodes, you know, like this, be at more lab mm-hmm. events, um, just trying to expand, trying to be a platform for fighters. You know what I mean, uh. Yeah, for me, like that's what 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 I want to do. You know, more the same, more the same, more. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, yeah, I think just keep on the same sort of trajectory. Obviously, if we can get to some more shows, we will do. Um, although the people who organise these events clearly must look at my work schedule and know that I'm always in work on the schedule. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but now, yeah, where we can get to more events, keep getting fighters on of both, you know, local proportions and global proportions. Yeah. Um, try and you know try and get more, more contacts in the MMA world. Like we've got, we've got one or two, haven't we? With, with, uh, one championship at the moment. Yeah. Um, try and establish ourselves with some other organisations with other gyms and stuff like that and just yeah. keep doing what we're doing really but not we've we've had a, a nice steady growth yeah um, I think if we keep like it'd be really interesting to see how many followers we had at the start of 2021 compared to the end mm. on on Instagram more because we barely battered the Instagram last year yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I say we, it, it's you predominantly on that. Like, but, um, <clears throat> but no, we did. We battered the Instagram last year um, to the point where that's now overtook our Twitter in terms of followers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just, just keep along that same trajectory. Um, clearly, we're doing something right. Yeah. Um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, I mean, more of the same. What? I'd like to get maybe some more, you know, Commission collabs coming. Yeah, definitely. Because um, I, I don't think we've done that last year. I think you obviously you done one with Chris on your own, didn't you? Yeah. Was that even last year? Uh, I don't remember to be honest. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah more more commission collabs would be nice. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I think this last year we got like first other episodes done um, from when we joined our, our new uh, thing that we put the podcast out on. We got like yeah. 30, 30 odd episodes. So it's obviously Jamie's trying to do more than that this year as well. Let's have a look. So for last year, we put our first episode out on the 9th of January. And that was episode number 13. So I what this is 50. So we done yeah, so we done what 30 36. Oh, yeah. 36 last year. So yeah, oh. maybe try and beat that. Yeah. Get to get beyond 36. And that's just 36 regular episodes. Obviously, if you go to our YouTube, there's interviews that Keaton's done yeah. at live events. There's interviews he's done over Instagram Live when I've been working and stuff like that. Yeah. Um but in terms of just genuine not our regular episodes, yeah. 36 we put out last year. So yeah, let's aim for 40 this year. Yeah, definitely. Um and last question from Chris. Uh, outside of MMA, what are other events this year that you can't wait for? And then in brackets, could be with other hobbies, personal lives, etc. And then mad love and fist, fist emoji. <laughs> um, that's... So for I'll I'll go first on this one if you like, because you're pulling faces. Yeah, um, you haven't got a clue what to say. <laughs> um, so for me, the big one is me trip to America. Hopefully, finally going ahead. Um, yeah booked nearly two years ago now, meant to go last year, postponed it to this year, New York, Vegas, San Francisco. Um, just funny enough, do we talk, what were we watching some show last night, the top top selling hits of the 90s or something like that, mm. and um, number eight or something was I'll Be Missing You. Oh, and yeah. they, were talking about, they were talking about Biggie and all that and showing like his house and the yeah. model in Brooklyn and all that. I was like, I need to see if I've got time out on one day. <laughs> I need to get to over Brooklyn, to Brooklyn yeah. Yeah. and see Biggie's stuff, man. But yeah, I think that for me is the big one um, that I'm obviously really looking forward to. I haven't actually, I don't think I've got any like concerts or events planned other than that really. So it's just see see where, where life takes me this year. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, uh, outside of MMA, I don't really do much. <laughs> um, I think uh, it'd be like trying to go to the gym more and just eat better, be better. Um, but mostly... Eat better after he's just been to McDonald's. <laughs> listen, listen it's, it's stress got the better of me there, right? It's just... <laughs> uh, don't, don't worry, we're, we're all... Guilty of it. My sister went, went shopping the other day, man. I bought loads of healthy stuff and then she had donuts and cookies to take to her boyfriends in a bag. Like, <laughs> I love the way you talk about healthier stuff and then donuts and cookies. Yeah, just keep them on the side. <laughs> just hope no one yeah. <laughs> I, I notice everything. <laughs> yeah, not an excuse me. No, but, no. Um, yeah, it'd still be doing stuff anyway, you know, the podcast, whatever it is, you know. Training. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, Great questions, Chris, as always. Yeah, thank you. Next Very one um, from Fourth and Long Radio. Um, so they've asked what we think is the most underrated gym. Now I've chose a UK one and a US one. Okay. Um, but let I don't know what you've done for that, so let's say yours first. Um, 
Okay, so uh, when I got it, I thought it meant more US gyms, um, and I did actually go with Extreme Couture. Um, I don't think they've got as much thingy as, as they could have. I mean, you look at Nganu, I mean, he won the belt last year. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think a lot of people were thinking maybe Stipe could get past them again, you know, because he was the one who beat them originally. Um, yeah, yeah. Another big example is Chris Curtis. He yeah, had yeah. two fights both times, everyone thought he was going to get beat, and he beat them. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, they've got plenty of other fighters as well. Um, so, yeah, I think US uh, Extreme Couture. Um, UK um, I don't because a, a lot of the gyms in the UK I think are underrated I mean you've got obviously next gen um, you know you've got you know the, the MMA Academy mm. you know so it's like I think a lot of them are underrated. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think, so for me, with, with UK, um, I actually went with GB Top Team. Okay, yeah. Um, and that, that's not that's not to say that they are underrated in in the UK standpoint or anything like that, but I think it was myself, I underrated them. Right, um, okay. Like, I've seen them coming up against the likes, you know, Next gen fighters, yeah, who I'd seen before and knew how good the next gen fighters were, and I've said it's sh- they should be winning this. And then they've come in, for instance, Nathan Fletcher, yeah, and then um, Dominic Wooden. You know, I thought that that was Nathan's fight all day yeah. long, and I'd seen both of them. And then Dominic's come in and, and maybe not surprised many people, but he surprised me, yeah. And so, I think, I think for me, I underrated GB top team, which is why I've said them. Right, okay. Um, for US, again, similar to what you say about um, Extreme Couture, I've gone with Fight Ready MMA. Okay. Um, so they've had like um, Henry Cejudo. Oh, right, Super yeah. Sick, um, Power Costa, uh, Korean Zombie, and uh, Tracy Cortez are like their sort of standout names, but you don't really hear much of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean. You know, normally when teams are having su- a great success, you're hearing loads about the team. Even earlier when you were when we were watching UFC 50, the amount of times they mentioned Team Militich, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. I feel like there's less of that happening these days in MMA. There's less. There's not less focus going on the gyms, but in terms of commentary, I feel like there is. Obviously, the focus comes in the build-ups and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But when when it comes to the commentary, you don't really you credit the one particular person rather than the gym. I think yeah. feel, you know what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think fight ready for me, um, just because I, I don't think you hear of them a lot, yeah. despite who they've had. Good stuff. Um, last question. Sad times. Um, <laughs> so this one is from at Uncaged underscore Media, aka Gendo. Yeah. Um. So best. He's asked for the best prospect out of the UK for 2022. Now I've gone in two different ways with this one. 
I don't know how you've approached it, so again, I'll let you go first. Oh, um, see, for me, like, it's hard just to pick one. I mean, yeah. I, I tell you to keep an eye on a few people. Um, and I mentioned like, a few names. I won't be able to just pick one. Luke Riley is a, a big one. He is just got breakthrough fight of the year in Cage Warriors. Um, <clears throat> uh, watch out for Curtis Campbell. Um, he's just become triple champ. Vicky the one the belts. Triple champ. Um, definitely going to have another good year this year. Um, uh, ben Patrick Kelly, I think once he gets back in there, I see him doing good things. Um, oh, there's just there's there's too many just to name one. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I can name, name loads, but obviously don't want to be sitting in the state. You know what I mean? Because he's asked for one. Yeah. So you're right. You're right there with saying that there is too many to name just one, which is why. It's going to sound weird, which is why I wanted to name just one myself. Right. Um, not to say that the ones you've said aren't going to be making big waves um, this year because they obviously they will. We we know it. But yeah. Um, again, I attacked this in in sort of two different ways. So if you're talking about people who are already in the UFC who are going to be making a bigger name for themselves this year, the two have got I've gone with two there. Obviously, Paddy. Yeah. Um, and Ian Gaddy. Mm. Um, but if we're not talking about who's already in the UFC, um, again, I could have said, you know, could said Luke, could said Curtis. Um, there's, there's again, there's loads I could have said. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna say Nathan Fletcher though, still. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, uh, I think he's two-time cage warrior breakout fighter of the year, isn't he? Um, yeah, I don't know, I know you could break out twice, like, but still, <laughs> <laughs> breakthrough fighter of the year twice yeah. in, in Cage Warriors. And I think, yeah, he had the setback against Dominic Horton, who is another one you need to watch out for. Mm. Um, but I think he's gonna get the belt this year. He's still what 23, 24 um, now, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah, but... better was the other day, wasn't it? yeah, yeah, still, <laughs> uh, still, still very young, very young. He'll, he'll get that belt, and no doubt he'll be. Joining Paddy and Molly in the UFC very, very soon. He'll, he'll definitely come back with a vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It'll make, make him stronger, that loss. Yeah. And, you know, as I say, there's absolutely no shame in losing to someone like Dominic Wooden. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely. So, yeah, that, that's it. That's all the questions done. Very done. sad. Um, yeah. Did you have any questions you wanted to ask me, or did I? I I'm about to ask me if I had any questions. <laughs> Do you have any <laughs> questions for yourself? Um, no, no, <laughs> I already know all my answers. <laughs> um, no, I think there was, was on. I wanted to think of this kind of matter. Oh, what do you think about Bam Bam actually getting Derek Lewis? I've seen a lot of people say they want to see him fight Derek Lewis, and Derek Lewis, like, yeah, I'll fight him. <laughs> like, I, 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 how do you think he does against? Derek Lewis and all Derek Lewis is a powerhouse and it might be like what the fights that he's been in where you know it's whoever connects could finish them um, I think he'll I, th- 
think he'll fare better than people think he will. Yeah. Um, I think he's probably a bit quicker than Derek. He's obviously he's still got the power as well. Um, I think for me, just it, yeah, it's a it's a good matchup. I think, but it's a big risk for Derek Lewis when you consider what he's ranked third. Second, second or third, is he? Second or third, and and you know, two of us has only just became ranked. So yeah. it's a massive, massive risk for them um, for Derek Lewis. It, I, I think two of us might struggle when it comes across the technical fighters like your Volkovs, your Aspinalls, your Garns. With like fighters like Lewis, Rosenstrike, like, you know, they've all got the punching power, you know. So I think like he fares well against them. I think he might struggle against the mm. technical fighters who are more picking the punches, you know, mixing in the takedowns and stuff. So yeah. I think against Derek Lewis, he does have a good chance. Big up fight, no doubt. Yeah. Um <laughs> so obviously don't uh, I'll, I'll ask you about this one. So we got the news of um Volkanovsky Holloway three. Yeah. And then I think I think it was two days later, Holloway uh, had to pull out. Holloway had to pull out, yeah, with uh, another uh, injury that he's had before. Yeah. Um, so, who would you like to see step in and replace Holloway? I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't say yeah, yeah. Like, even though he had a good fight with Holloway. Um, I just think being out for two years, come back, losing... I don't think he... He's, he's not McGregor. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and all I'd be wanting to see Cejudo, but... I don't, like, to be fair, Cejudo did put up something saying, like, uh, Max, he's out. Triple C to step up. Danny, you've got me number or yeah. something like that. So Triple C to the rescue. I know a lot of people... Something like that, yeah. Probably would like to see that. But I don't know. He seems to do this as well, like... Every now and then he'll put a tweet out saying, "Oh, like he'll beat this bum," you know. And I think it's whatnot. to keep himself relevant. Yeah, because so, yeah, while he's he's triple C and one of the most decorated combat sports fighters of all time, mm-hmm. he's not how he's not the name he thinks he's, he's. He's not the big name he thinks he is. When he does that, it makes me lose interest because like you'll see him, he'll be quiet, you know what I mean. And then when something happens within a certain division that he's looking at. He'll probably tweet like, "Oh no, these are nobody." You know, I'll yeah. I'll take these. You know what I mean, and yeah. that makes me lose like, interest. Like, if you're gonna do it, get get in. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah. get in. Make don't. your mind up. Though. Are you are you yeah. an asshole or are you a nice white guy? You can't <laughs> be both. So, like the, the only other ones is Green Zombie, which Volkan actually called out himself. I think if Vogue's called for it, it's more yeah. likely that will help happen. But obviously, the other person people are looking at. Is Giga. If he gets mm. past Keita, he should get it. But then I don't know how long Volk is waiting for uh, for that fight. We don't know how that fight plays out. True. You know, Korean probably will be Korean Zombie will probably be healthy, ready to go. So it's I think he's trying to figure out then where I'd, I'd probably go for Zombie or Giga if he gets cool. past Keita. If he gets past Keita, yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, it's a it's a tough division, really. Like Max was the obvious yeah. person to step up, and with him having to pull out, it kind of makes you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that's so, I mean, and obviously Vogs does beat Ortega, so you can't put him in there. That's what I mean. It's it's a little almost like sort of the situation with Amanda where like with Amanda it was just a case of right, who hasn't fought her yet. Um yeah, I mean even though Volkanovsky hasn't ran through the division because he hasn't put because when one you else consider is... only Holloway defeats all the others, you know what I mean? Mm. And then it's he's only left to get Volkanovsky. Yeah. And I just think no one else is on a good enough role, regardless of ranking, to deserve a title shot, really. Um, the only person but, is Giga, and then Zombie's yeah, got probably, one with. I'd probably say... Yeah, I'd probably say Giga or Zombie myself, to be honest. Yeah. That, they're the ones that make the most sense. Um, yeah. Shame we're not going to get Max, though. Well, I, I mean, he'll get a title shot when he's fit again, but still. Yeah, um, it'll just be... The middle of the, the year. It's, the it, it's just a, it's just a it's just a bitch, isn't it? That like two days after it gets announced, it's like, oh shit, no, I'm injured. Yeah, no, literally <laughs> put it dead in front of you, and then as soon as you step on it, like you just pulled the rug up, it's like, no, you're not getting that one actually. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> ah well, um, I think that that concludes episode number fifty. Yeah, it does. Um, happy fiftieth. I'm not gonna I forgot to get you the card for the 50th oh, anniversary. Like, but thanks, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah. 50, 50 not out. Here's to uh, another 50. Yeah, definitely. And you never know, we might nearly hit that at the end of the year. <laughs> I know, yeah. All right, we'll we'll see. We'll see how we get on. Uh, I mean, but... I might have, if we if we are to hit another 50 this year, I might have to quit my job like, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, work, oh, work. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Um, thank you, everyone, for the questions. We, I say, we never really get that many, so it's been great having that many. Um, so thank you, all of you. We'll tag you all on the Instagrams and Twitters and stuff like that, wherever you put your question up. We'll tag you on there. Um, anyway, but hope you've enjoyed the episode, and there's the many more this year. This is the greatest, I love it! It was super necessary.